Good morning, everybody. Welcome, Community Matters. We are here live in the studio on this awesome Sunday, and we're here to discuss a state funding workshop for local nonprofits and the community. And here to speak about it, I have Deputy Leader Miss Barbara Watson. Good morning, Barbara. Happy Sunday to you, too. Yes. How are you feeling on this Sunday, Barbara? Absolutely awesome. <laughs> and it's so awesome to have you here. We're here to discuss something that I don't really get to discuss often. So it's like exciting for me to talk about something that you and a bunch of your peers have put together. So involved is Senator Oscar Brainin II, um, you, of course, mm-hmm. Representative James Bush III, Representative Dodie Joseph, Representative Cindy Polo, and Representative Sharon. Pritchett, and you guys are hosting a state funding workshop for local nonprofits, and I love that part, local nonprofits. Absolutely. Here, based here, <laughs> and the community. Why, what is exactly is a funding workshop for nonprofits, for local nonprofits? Exactly. Uh, what we have is the opportunity for organizations to come into Tallahassee with a proposal so that they can in turn receive state fundings to assist them in their local projects. Mm. It could actually be with the nonprofit itself or either events that they want to put on for their profits. So this is basically getting funding from the state? Oh, because it's not like a, like I'm going to Children's Trust or anything like that to get funding from my nonprofit. It's actually coming from... It's a direct fee to those organizations from the state of fun, uh, from the state of Florida, mm-hmm. so that they would have the opportunity to manage and control their own funding cycles. That is so. What what made you guys put this together? Like, who thought of this, and then you guys joined the team, and how did this come about? Well, not to be over um, ambitious about what I've done. Toot your I actually, horn, I Barbara. reached out to <laughs> toot it. <laughs> yeah, I toot my horn this morning. Um, actually, two years ago, I started this uh, as an individual state representative, mm-hmm. and I brought in a couple of people. We e-blasted out throughout the community, and we had a huge responding to it, a uh, response to it, and we were excited about that. And this time, I said, "Let's." broaden the horizon. Mm -hmm. Let's do all the state reps and senators for the north end of the county. And again, as you have mentioned, Oscar Brainin II, Mm -hmm. um, and then we also have Jason Pizzo, Mm -hmm. who's also a a senator. And then, of course, we have James Bush, Dottie Joseph, Cindy Polo, and we have Sharon Pritchett and Joe Geller. Mm -hmm. So we have Every representative on the north end of Miami-Dade County that have come together to put this project on so that we can teach people how to be successful in their applications when they present it to the state of Florida. Because it is a two-part process. Mm -hmm. You have to submit to a state representative Mm -hmm. and also find a senator to have it on the Senate side as well. We have to present the same bill, fight for the same funding on both houses of the state. Also, you have to have like a senator like, you know what, such and such nonprofit, I believe in your mission Mm -hmm. and we want to get funding from the state for Mm -hmm. for your mission. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And there are applications that need to be filled out for both uh, houses of the uh, uh, the capital mm-hmm. so that we can make sure that the individual's um, application go forward. This project is really giving us the opportunity to show and teach people how to successfully uh, navigate that system. Many people don't understand that there is that opportunity, mm-hmm. and those that are aware are frightful of it. And it is the attempt of this particular workshop, the State Funding 101, mm-hmm. uh, to teach people how to negotiate that maze of paperwork and have it all 
available and timely submitted so that they can at least compete for the funding. You know, a lot of times, like, because I have a nonprofit myself, and a lot of times when I go for funding and apply for things and I get denied, it's very discouraging. Like, I feel like, huh, you know, and it, and it, and it deflates your little balloon of, of hope. And so I'm sure that this happens to a lot of nonprofits. I'm not the only one that if they get a no one time, you know, they're like, mm, you know, they get sad. But your your mm-hmm. workshop is definitely to avoid that situation of, you know, getting denied. Like, at least we know the ins and outs and the ropes, the inside scoop well, from you actually, guys. But it also helps you to get the opportunity to meet with the prospective representatives and senators for that area. That co-sign you. So now you mm-hmm. can kind of say, OK, I live in this district. That's my representative. That's who I'm going to submit it to. Mm-hmm. And you don't really have to do it that way. But at least it gives you the opportunity to meet us and have a, a dialogue with us and we can help you understand uh, what happened to doing this process does not guarantee Mm -hmm. your success yeah but it certainly advances you further it's also like a networking thing to meet people that you're not just going to randomly meet. You know what I mean? Like, you guys are approachable. It's Absolutely. not like you guys are in the ozone layer and we can't <laughs> reach you. But at the same time, you're all going to be in one space mm-hmm. and on the same mission of, you know, nonprofits and helping us. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's such an awesome idea. Well, thank you. And I thought it was a brilliant one. It's also one of which we're uh, spreading to all parts of the state mm-hmm. and having re- representatives in their community to do a similar workshop. Oh, the so format, they're doing it in different counties. Yes, like different I've advanced parts. it this year to make it go across the state. I've reached out to various uh, representatives and senators across the state, mm-hmm. asking them to do a similar process. So many of our people don't know where to go, how to go, what website they need to yeah. go to in order to get the application, don't know the deadlines, and they miss it. Mm. So we're just making sure that we can just take you by your hand. And if you don't make it this time, at least you understand the process. For the future. Yes. So how did you get into the government loop? Like, how long have you been doing this? Well, it started back in 1991 when Mm -hmm. I moved into a community that was just so peaceful and I thought it was awesome. Mm -hmm. And I soon discovered there were some pitfalls. Mm. And we we had an overzealous uh, developer. Mm. who wanted to come into the community. And, of course, then we had a fight. That fight lasted 11 years. Whoa. There was no compensation to any of the people who pledged their time. It also ended up with lawsuits back and forth. I myself drew an $8 million lawsuit, and I said, my God, if I had $8 million, (laughs) I wouldn't even be in this community. (laughs) I wouldn't be here fighting over this. (laughs) And there it led to the incorporation of Miami Gardens, and Mm. I worked with that project for a, a number of years to make sure the city was successful. Mm -hmm. And as a result, my neighbors came to me and said, we'd like for you to represent our community. How awesome is that? And I said to them... You're like me? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know what I said to them? I said, you convince my husband and I will run. Well, I knew that was an impossibility. (laughs) But those ladies had a trick up their sleeve. Mm. They started feeding him cake and ice cream. (laughs) They went through his stomach. Yes, go ahead, honey. (laughs) (laughs) So I got into politics and from there uh, I served uh, as one of the members of the first council of the city of Miami Gardens. Mm -hmm. I termed out and believe it or not immediately after my terming out at the city of Miami Gardens the state rep 
uh, position opened up. Wow. And I just threw my hat in the ring. And the rest is kind of like history. How do you feel when you see the growth of Miami Gardens? Like, I just interviewed um, the mayor last week, and it, I, I talk to him about this all the time, how I receive the emails from Miami Gardens. Like, I received emails from different cities and different mm-hmm. municipalities. But to me, Miami Gardens, at least whether this is true or not, at least they let me know through mm-hmm. emails and communication. There's a lot, go- a lot of awesome things going on in Miami Gardens as far as like services and poetry slams for the teens. And there's a lot elderly swim, uh, swim exercises and jazzercise and just so many different classes and courses going on. How do you feel about Miami Gardens growth? Well, you know, I'm I'm very passionate about Miami Gardens because it mm-hmm. is where I live. Mm-hmm. But I currently represent three other municipalities. Okay. <laughs> so we can spread the love around. <laughs> <laughs> to your other children. <laughs> yes. But Miami Gardens is, is first in my heart uh, mm-hmm. simply because it was the first uh, government in which I participated in. Mm-hmm. And to sit back and think that the fact that when I came on board, Miami Gardens didn't even have paper or pins. We had nothing. So wow. we had to make our first purchase of pins and paper, register states. I mean, it was just a huge learning curve. Wow. And so many people walk into cities that are maybe 50, 60 years old. But as you know, Miami Gardens was incorporated um, really early in the 2000s. And now we're uh, celebrating our 15th anniversary. That's so so awesome. it's, it's a teenager. <laughs> hey! <laughs> 15, a sophomore, right? Yeah. So it's growing. And, and, and Miami Gardens has a lot of potential. It has a lot of great people living in it. Mm-hmm. And uh, we just want to make sure that the government represents the people of the community. And I believe it does. I believe so as well. That's such an awesome story. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> and so let's talk a little bit more about the state funding workshop for local nonprofits in the community. So it's all happening on September 10th, correct? That's correct. At 1030 a.m. And the workshop will take place at Miami-Dade College North Campus, which is at 113th and Northwest 27th Avenue in the Science Complex Room. There's a lot of buildings, so go to the Science Complex Room, room A104. That's correct. And so it'll also, the the, um, workshop will also be open to college students and the public to learn about the legislative process when seeking state funding. Mm -hmm. So briefly describe that part. Well, what we're we're trying to introduce to students, there is a lot of entrepreneuring spirits in our young people. Mm -hmm. And we want to also make them aware that there are some fundings out there. It's not startup money, but there are other options and grants that are available for startup. Mm -hmm. But this is an opportunity for you once you've gotten your business established to some degree, Mm -hmm. then you can apply for state funding and make sure that you get through the process correctly, timely, and efficiently. And so many times our our people want to put attachments, but we must teach people to kind of condense things down to Oh, well, a thousand words or less. Yeah, and that's kind no of challenging. Time to read your three thousand words <laughs> explanation of what you have going on. And, and and I tell you, it's sometime if we can give them some examples and how this actually transpires, it motivates and encourages those students that when they get out there in that world, that they're not just alone, mm-hmm. and that there are going to be pitfalls with their funding. And if there is, we want to be able to make sure they have the resources or the understanding of how to approach the state and be able. to to compete for funding. 
This is very valuable information, you guys. I hope you have a pen. Get a pen right now. We're going to give you the information if you want to attend this workshop. It is a free workshop, correct? Absolutely. We said your favorite word in the whole entire dictionary, free, F-R-E-E. It's a free workshop. Again, it is taking place on September 10th. At 10.30 a.m. at Miami-Dade College, North Campus, located at 11380 Northwest 27th Avenue at the Science Complex Room in Room A104. If they want to register or attend the workshop, what is the process? Well, we're asking people to go online mm-hmm. and register there so that we can have a idea of how many people we need to accommodate. And in order for you to go online, you go to www.evebright, that's E-V-E-N-T-B. B-R-I-T-E dot com and look for State Funding 101. There you'll be able to register and get your tickets. Now, there are some real instructions that you do need to follow when you get to that site. You must fill out your name and make sure that your organization is present. It will direct you with a link to another site, which will be the state website, Mm -hmm. so that you can actually draw down the application. Mm -hmm. We're asking that you draw that application down and print it out Mm -hmm. and bring it with With you. you. Okay. Because it will be impossible to print an eight-page kind of application for everyone in attendance if we have 100-plus people. And that's the hope, that we have 100-plus people. So again, it's on September 10th, 1030 a.m. at Miami-Dade College. Go to eventbrite.com and look up State Funding 101. Again, on Eventbrite, State Funding 101, and follow the whole process. Print out your application. Bring it with you on that day. It's a state funding workshop for local nonprofits and the community. And I want to thank you, Deputy Leader Barbara Watson, for everything that you've done in the community for your 20 plus years. And it's just so awesome. And I've in my whole radio career, I've always dealt, you know, with situations that you are involved in. So I personally want to say thank you for all that you do in our community. We appreciate you. It's a joy. And more importantly, it's a privilege to represent District 107. Hey, District 107. We see (laughs) y'all. Good morning, everybody. Happy Sunday. We're here live in the studio on this beautiful Sunday. And I'm here speaking to the principal, a.k.a. school leader, Mr. Ian Bravo. And he's representing KIPP, which stands for Knowledge is Power Program. Good morning, KIPP. Good morning. How are you, Cindy? I'm awesome. How are you feeling on this Sunday? I'm feeling amazing. (laughs) I'm happy to be here with you. Thanks for having us. I'm so excited about your program and for you to get the word out to our 99 Jams listeners about what exactly is KIPP. So briefly explain to me, what is KIPP? Yeah, so KIPP is a national network mm-hmm. of nonprofit charter schools around the country. It was started in 1994, and right mm-hmm. now we have about 224 schools around the whole country. And it's a big deal right now because we just expanded to Miami just this past year. So we opened our first elementary school, uh, which is now serving K-2. to This year, just a week ago, we opened up the first middle school, which is the school wow. that I get to be principal of. And uh, so, yeah, we just opened up. When you say that um, this is the first school in Miami, where are your other schools? Like you have charter schools. The KIPP program has charter schools in different cities. Yeah. Basically every major city that you think of, there's Mm -hmm. KIPP schools there. Mm -hmm. I most recently came from New York and that's that's where my time was. I've been with KIPP for about 12 years. KIPP stands for the Knowledge is Power program. Uh And there's two big focuses of KIPP. One of them is supporting students all the way through college. Okay. So we're building this elementary school 
we're building this middle school, then we're building a high school and all of our students can go through there. And then we start a program called the, the uh, Kip Through College that helps students apply to college, mm-hmm. find the right match for college, get yeah. scholarships, and then supports them through with a counseling program to make sure that they, they finish so college. That's so awesome because I was going to say like after, you know, middle school, please don't abandon us. Then you say, you send them off to high school, please don't abandon us. And then you send it <laughs> off to college like, oh, thank you. Still hold my hand. I love you guys, kids. That's exactly how long it takes them to say that. But then when they finish college, <laughs> through the, then through they're, the like, process, they're like, oh. yeah, yeah. But then, yeah, yeah. So we have kids that, that you know, that, that text me and they're in grad school how now. How awesome is that? And how does that yeah. feel? It's amazing. It's it's That's amazing. So cool. Kids that I taught that were fifth graders now, mm-hmm. 10 years later, um, are graduating from college. I told our students that actually mm-hmm. on the first day of school. Uh-huh. I said, so they know themselves as the class of 2026 and class okay. of 2027 when oh, they're going to be, cool. yeah, when they're going to be going to college. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, we're telling them you're going to college. How do I know that? I know that because 10 years ago, I taught a kid that was the same height <laughs> as you and, and they're graduating from college. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's super cool. So what is like the, do all the schools... Um, um, basically, the program caters to each city because, you know, slightly different each city, the way you educate. I guess the education is the same, but you know what I mean? Like every city is somewhat yeah. different because there's winners here. There's no winners. Do, do things change from city to city slightly? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So we're not a very top down organization. Mm-hmm. Um, and we really work to build partnerships with the community. That's okay. the biggest thing. I mean, we we understand that schools should be working in partnership with with the families mm-hmm. and with the community. So we have a former uh, formal partnership with the Greater Miami Urban League um, and T. Willard Fair over oh, there to make sure that awesome. we really are are like building something that will be there for a long time, right? This is not a five-year thing. This is like hundreds of, of years to come, what, mm-hmm. we're, what we're aiming to build. We also have a partnership with Miami-Dade. Okay. Um, because this is not, we are not here to compete with other schools. We're here because our mission is to support kids, all kids, to and through college. And until we've built um, the infrastructure, not just in our organization, but across the city to ensure that every kid gets a world-class education, then we haven't achieved our mission yet. And so it's really about working alongside other schools. Uh, that partnership includes like giving professional development to other leaders across Miami-Dade, mm. um, working for the district. And so, yeah, it's really um, hand-in-hand partnership. You know, do the, like the, where exactly is the school? in Miami located? Yeah, so uh, the elementary school mm-hmm. is on 66th Street mm-hmm. um, at Poinciana Park Elementary. Okay. And so it's in Liberty City mm-hmm. and we're just a little bit north in West Little River, about seven minute drive away. So basically the kids that go to the school are the kids from that zone. We're actually, a lot of them are for sure, mm-hmm. but we're also open enrollment. So, oh, so we you have can bus them in from somewhere else? That's right. I'm glad okay. you said that because we have, we have free transportation. We bus, we bus students. We have a lot of students from Liberty City. Um, and then we have students from Little Haiti. We have students all the way from Miami Gardens and certainly Opalaka. Wow. And even one student in the middle school who is coming from Miramar Hello. Um, to get to get education. With kids. That's right. That's right. So it's really open enrollment. We want, you know, any families who have kids that they want to see, you know, all the way through college, like this is an opportunity for them. Does the KIPP program, like, how does a KIPP program invade? I don't want to use the word invade because that's, like, so aggressive. Yeah, but let's not use that. How do they, uh, <laughs> give me a word, um, principal. Um, <laughs> like, how do they find a school that's already there, obviously, and then say, we want the KIPP program to be, you know, the head way yeah. we teach at this school? Yeah, it, well, it's really connected with the partnership that we have with Miami-Dade. So okay. in Poinciana Park, which is an elementary school that's been there, right, mm-hmm. it's got history in the community. Yeah. 
That school is still there. And they're working alongside and in partnership with Kip Sunrise, the elementary school. Okay. And so basically the district says, hey, this is another option. We want families to have lots of different options for where that they can go to school, right? Mm-hmm. And right now the fact is that in Miami, there's tends to be a lot more opportunities and options for families that are in the wealthier areas of Miami yeah. than in lower income areas of Miami, which is not what. So we really focus on communities where educational options are not as many as they need to be. Yeah. And then the district says, hey, here's a school that has a, a much bigger capacity than mm-hmm. they currently have enrolled in the school. And so there's this this space here. And so we're going to build this out and you guys can work alongside them. And there's, you know, we have, I have meetings with the principal who's there and everything. And we work to make sure that all of our kids have a great education. So what separates a KIPP school from a school that's not KIPP? Like, what is the difference? Yeah. So, I mean, this college-focused mission, I think, is mm. is a big piece of it. Character education is is the second mm. thing. So we say— Repeat that again, please, Ian. Character education is Hello. the second thing. So we say <laughs> we have this old adage that's 51% character, 49% academics Hello. to keep us all focused on, like, the social-emotional aspects of learning, teaching kids to be resilient, teaching kids to persist, teaching kids how to work through conflicts. Yes. I was just in an auditorium yesterday with our 170 now students. Okay. Talking through how do you work through conflicts, right? We all have conflicts mm-hmm. and they're, they're, we're practicing how we work through them so that they understand like that's this is a natural thing. Like adults have yeah. them every day, but it takes skills to learn how to work through that. And so we actually teach that really, really like concretely and specifically. So I think that's, that's so important nowadays because a lot of people, sadly, as they're getting older and older, I'm talking about like elementary from teens. This generation, this young generation is not learning that portion of being human. Actually, it sounds weird, but it really we don't like the young people don't know how to socialize, don't know how to communicate, Mm. look at people in the eye when they're speaking because they're always in their phones Mm. and looking down and so solo. You know what I mean? They don't know how to teamwork and work together. Yeah. So I think that that resolving conflict thing is so important because, as you just said, conflict is every day, whether you're five years old or 30 years old. Like, it doesn't matter. Right. And a lot of us as adults aren't very good at doing that. Hello, because right? we weren't so, taught. We didn't exactly. go to kids. <laughs> exactly. That's right. the problem. We weren't at kids when we were younger. Sheesh. <laughs> so, yeah. So and then I guess the rest of your your question. So the, our curriculum is the other thing that sets us apart. So we have mm-hmm. the opportunity to decide what the curriculum, uh, the curriculum we, we want to use that we think is best to support kids that it deals with a lot of critical thinking right so all of our kids have books that they get to choose and independently read and we push them a lot loving reading is like number mm. one for us um, but then we also have you know arts arts programs performing arts was mm-hmm. really important in teaching kids to express themselves physical education is not just a hey free time class it's a how are we developing a healthy lifestyle and supporting our kids in doing that so that they can then go on to graduate from college and, and lead the choice filled lives that we all want for them so that would be a, a second thing that that would make us, I think, stand apart. When a KIPP program starts at a school, do they keep the same teachers that were there prior to it being a KIPP school, or do you guys bring your KIPP staff from city to city, or how yeah. does that work? Yeah, no, we recruit here on the ground. So, okay. yeah, it's not it's not the same staff. Um and that happens in a bunch of different ways. Like our, our team, mm-hmm. I'll just say, and I say this all the time, is fantastic. Like the mm-hmm. teachers that we have coming, and they've come from a few different places. So one, we have teachers who've been teaching in Miami-Dade for a while, mm-hmm. and they're 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 looking for something that's more aligned with 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 Kip, and so they they're coming. But two, we have teachers who uh, often grew up in the area, right? Mm-hmm. We have one teacher who went to Brownsville Middle School, 
as a kid. Mm-hmm. He joined, um, uh, he went to college. He joined Kip in New Orleans, taught there for a few years, wow. joined Kip in New Jersey, taught there. And now he's really excited to have an organization that he knows and that he trusts to come back and teach for. We have another. Come back uh, home and do it. Exactly. Exactly. Mm. We have another gentleman who grew up in Alapada. Mm-hmm. I always say it wrong. Alapada. 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 Thank you. <laughs> well, we know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's how you know. Um, and he, um, he's been up there in Kip, New York with mm-hmm. me for the last 10 years and I've known him for a while and he's now he's back down here and, and teaching with us. So we have, I don't number those situations. We have eight teachers who came from Kip schools around the country and we have two teachers who actually were Kipsters mm-hmm. in the Bay Area and in Brooklyn wow. when they are, excuse me, in the Bronx when they were kids. And so, so they know the program <laughs> for real, for real. Exactly. So yeah, I'm really proud of our teaching staff and, and they're, they're, they're incredible. So how does a parent get their child involved in the KIPP program? Yeah, so as I mentioned, it's open enrollment. It's mm-hmm. free. There's mm-hmm. no criteria for getting involved. Mm-hmm. And I want to name that we serve uh, students in special education. If mm-hmm. Students have IEPs, of course. Um, if they're English language learners, of course. We want student. We want all students. That's, okay. that, that is our mission. Um, kit, and families can go onto the website. It's mm-hmm. KIPMiami.org. And that's K-I-P-P. Correct. Yes. Miami.org. Okay. Correct. And there's a button that says, I believe, enroll at the top mm-hmm. um, that they can click. And it's really uh, quick to enroll. And then we'll, we'll we'll give them a call. We're still enrolling students. We have about 170 right now. Mm-hmm. And um, we can go up to about 200. So oh, parents, there's about 30 more seats left. Get, get it together. It, get, <laughs> it, get it quick. Because, because uh, for, the elementary school, which opened last year, mm-hmm. already has a waiting list. It's only been open for one oh, year. Wow. And so it, this is the time to get in because then if you get in now, you're one, in the you're loop. there. Yeah, you're there for mm-hmm. the whole ride. And sibling preferences is 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 a thing. So, so if their sister or brother goes to the school and then now it's their turn to step in, they get preference. Oh, that correct. is so awesome. So we have a lot of families who they, they're the, the, the little kid goes to elementary school. Big brother goes to the middle school. Um, and so if, if you if families get in now, then they they have a school that their kindergarten can go to next year when they turn five or whatever. That is so awesome. So this morning we've been speaking to the principal, Ian Bravo, of KIPP, which is Knowledge is Power program. And if you want more information on the KIPP program, go to KIPP, that's K-I-P-P, Miami.org, to get the information to enroll your child. They only have about a few more seats left, so make sure you get that information. You don't want to get on the waiting list. Remember that. And I want to thank you, Ian, for stopping by and giving any last words before we sign out. Yeah, thank you so much, Cindy. Can I give the phone number too oh, in case definitely. that's more convenient for families? Yes. So you could also call us at the office at 786 309 76 Okay, so that's 786-309-7697 or KIPMiami.org. Ian, thank you so much for all the work that you've done across the country with our children. And we are super happy that you relocated to Miami and now you're saving our children in Miami. (laughs) We need help. (laughs) Your girl, Super Cindy, Community Matters, 99 Jams.